Do you like nerdy things? Comic book and fandom conventions, fantasy, sci-fi, or even just cool pop culture stuff? Then check out the new podcast, Dragon Con Survival Guide. Now on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Each week, hosts and lifelong friends Gary and Taylor tell you how to do conventions right when they're not rambling about their favorite nerdy topics. Save money at cons to have more money to spend at cons. For more information, check out Dragon Con Survival Guide on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. The following episode of The Walking Dead Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com is the premier source of spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. Choose from their extensive catalog of over 215,000 audio programs from leading audiobook publishers, comedy specials, magazine and newspaper publishers, business information providers, as well as many other products. Audible is also the preeminent provider of spoken word audio podcasts for Apple's iTunes Store. In addition to audio programs from outside publishers, Audible.com introduces Audible Studios. Matching the most imaginative and esteemed authors with the world's best performers, including Academy Award winners, respected stage actors, and Juilliard graduates, Audible Studios produces a diverse catalog of engaging audio ventures for every age. Sign up today for your free, no-obligation trial membership at audibletrial.com forward slash dead. You'll get a free audiobook, and you'll be helping to support The Walking Dead podcast. So head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash dead and start a new adventure today. And now, we're pleased to present the latest episode of the Walking Dead podcast. We always think there's going to be more time. And it runs out. It's the Walking Dead podcast. Got any advice for me? Yeah, I'd say make a run for it. This is the Walking Dead podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Walking Dead television show on AMC. And the Walking Dead comic from Image Comics. Come on, come on! Back up. So sit back, relax, and join the herd. Welcome back to a Talking Points episode of The Walking Dead Podcast. I'm Scott, and joining me today is Mr. Gary. I'm here. I'm Who joining. Generously donated his time, as he does every week, <laughs> that we do, <laughs> as he does every time we do this podcast. I mean, I'll allow you to call me generous. I don't really think it's, you know, it's All right, pal. Last time I'm going <laughs> to compliment you. <laughs> Why Dick. start now? Dick. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I just inserted an awkward silence there. Anyway, uh, that's a vocal pause. I'm going to put that in there too. 
as I contemplate what to say after that stinging rebuke of my compliment. (laughs) Really offended you that much, huh? Not really. Not really. (laughs) I know. Yeah. So, as it's a Talking Points episode, we shall dispense with the the normal boilerplate and jump right into it. Sans transition music. Whoa. Yeah. I'm thinking, bro, of using like... um, Luminous and Unstoppable is our transition music from now on. <laughs> Do you know what That's... Luminous and Unstoppable is, Gary? Uh, I am familiar with Luminous. I don't know. I'm sure I do know Unstoppable. Luminous and Unstoppable, if you happen to listen to the podcast of our main episode that we did last week, which I know you did not. <laughs> <laughs> At this time, he's like, why should I listen to it? I was in it. Yeah, I didn't get to yet, but... Anyways, it's funny. A lot of actors uh, that they've had on the mm-hmm. West Wing Weekly podcast, they mentioned that they never watched the episodes that they were in. Yeah, they like to watch themselves. Yeah, a lot of actors have that thing. Yeah, I to be honest, I listen to the podcast on after it's downloaded to my phone just to make sure that it came out right. Mm. More so than kids, I'm really not. You know, I'm really not surprised by anything we say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, at this point. Luminous un- Unstoppable, I used it as the transition music from, you know, when we finished the boilerplate and going to the main part of the episode, and then I put the whole thing at the end. Mm. And, of course, I also inserted, if you listen to the, those of you who listen to the main episode. Scott, uh, you're making me uncomfortable telling me about what you're inserting, okay? I, I don't need to hear it. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't hear any of that. Oh, okay, that's fine. Watch this. I'm inserting this. <laughs> no, I was saying uh, uh, um, appearing on our last episode was a promo for a new podcast. Oh, was there? That we are promoting. And if you want to take a moment and tell people about that, this is your moment, dude. My moment to shine. Um, shine. <laughs> yeah, well... In the uh, interim, after I did the Summer of Walking Dead episodes and things like that, uh, my other friend I've been looking to do a podcast with for a long time, I've actually had the opportunity to attend Dragon Con in Atlanta, Georgia for free a few times with my press badge, mostly because of this podcast. Um, And we wanted to think of a way to kind of promote uh, the convention and the scene that we really liked, but also... Shot, uh, shot light, <laughs> uh, spotlight ourselves a little bit, and have something to kind of keep our friendship going. And was that, a, was, that was that actually interesting? <laughs> Listen, man. <laughs> no, I'm inserting the- a little. I'm inserting a little dark humor in there. Go ahead. Yeah, you're you're pretty good at that. Good job. Uh, <laughs> but no, we um we wanted to do something together and also touch on dragon con, which we both love and use that as a springboard to talk about other things. So we started our own show, dragon con survival guide. We're only three episodes in, but we have over a hundred listeners already and it's going pretty well so far. Great. Yeah. That's good. Have you, have you promoted it a lot or just word of mouth? Um, we've been doing a lot of promoting on Facebook and mm. Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I have been meaning to reach out to Reddit. And um, now that we have a few episodes under our belt, I'm going to start promoting more to uh, DragonCon fan groups and things okay. like that to really start okay. getting the word out there to them. But uh, yeah, um, for right now, it's basically just been our expanded friend group. Uh-huh. And um, 
That's we've great. been doing pretty well and having fun with it. And uh, it's a important. neat opportunity. Yeah. That's the yeah. main thing is to have fun with it. So yeah, <laughs> now I really feel you though on the, uh, the editing and how many times you have to listen to it through the editing process. And then the final master, oh. you want to make sure it has, sounds good. And then you want to make sure it sounds good once it's uploaded and so yeah, the whole like, thing a few times. Yeah. The, the, the most time consuming thing I used to do is I used to try mm. to take out every vocal pause. Mm. I mean, certain every um and ah, uh, mm-hmm. and then it, it, it also helps you kind of listen to how you be aware of the way that you communicate yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I noticed like, and I still do it is that I'll, I'll pause a lot while I'm talking mm. sort of in the frame of uh, William Shatner. For every <laughs> word is its own sentence. And, you know, I, so I, I catch that a lot more now. I, I don't even, it, it's thing. I don't even really think about it while I'm talking. You don't even yeah. notice it. It's when I listen to the playback when I'm editing that I realize, Oh, I kind of, yeah pause a lot <laughs> mm-hmm. so i try to take out all that dead air space just from my ex- my uh my minimal experience in radio dead air is you know dead yeah and it kind of like, takes a while if you're really trying to edit out mm-hmm. all of the dead space oh and all of the ums and the pauses and the one random right it when, takes a lot, when i was doing two podcasts a week first one i was doing the two walking dead podcasts this one on the walking dead report and then when we did our Gotham podcast along with this, well, it used to take me like probably eight hours a week. Was there ever a Seven time when hours. we were doing the two Walking Dead podcasts, the Gotham one and the uh, no other one too, the shoot, what's that? Asylum. Oh, that was, we only did, ended up doing like six episodes of that. And that was very infrequent. Mm. So, but there was a, I mean, when I would edit those, yeah, I would end up editing all three in one week, which was wow. Which is why the, which is why there is currently no, in the in the asylum <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's why we. It's ultimately why we. Well, part of the reason why, I kind of came to the conclusion of ending Gotham, mm. Gotham podcast, Dark Knight, which was our Gary and mine podcast on Gotham. We did the whole first season, and while we liked the show, we just we felt like we didn't like it as much as we thought we would. Although yeah, I must say it's gotten a lot better in its subsequent seasons i still watch it but the the issue was to devote that kind of time to it because this is you know uh, we don't get paid for this it's all something we do because we like it and as we've mentioned before a lot of times we get to the point where we would have if we weren't doing a podcast we probably would have stopped watching the walking dead and maybe catched up on it when it was on netflix yeah caught up up on it when it was on netflix true but we did it. We watched it because we we really liked the podcast. Doing the podcast together, so mm-hmm. we kept, indeed we kept doing it. So anyway, speaking of the podcast, uh, what's that? Yes, <laughs> we uh, we've got some talking points here first. I'd be like the one we can put out like a talking points episode first. Try to get that up as quickly after the show as possible. Mm-hmm. Although I had pr- planned to not quote unquote ramble. Too much for those out there in the multiverse that are averse to such things. I see we kind of went off on a ramble tangent. And speaking of the multiverse, Gary, I think Roy Harper has gained quite a bit of weight. What do you think? <laughs> you sprung that on me last night, and I started chuckling because I'm I'm not fully caught up, but I'm ahead of where you are. So yeah. I remember what you're talking about. And there definitely was a time where he came back to the show, and he's like, "Wow, dude, packed on a few pounds." I mean, it still looks way better than I do, but yeah, of course, still. 
Yeah, <laughs> me too. Good God, the guy's a model. Yeah. Other life, but I don't know what he's modeling now for. What is he modeling for, like the big and tall store? <laughs> What's that? Um... I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, no, he looks he great. Still, he still looks like he's in great shape compared to me. Yeah. I'm yeah. setting the bar kind of low there. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So uh, my initial impression of this episode is this was another reason to continue to be optimistic. I agree. I, I also like that it appears that they are starting to introduce the next adversary, albeit with a deft hand. I think mm-hmm. we saw that at the end with what happened to Captain Vane there. Justin, the character that, that was in the fight Vane. with Daryl. Yeah. Uh, Captain Vane is his character from Black Sails. Yeah. Where he plays an Englishman. <laughs> it's funny. We have people on there who are British. I always find that funny. People who are British playing Americans. And that you rarely see someone who's American playing someone who's British. Yeah. And you but can that, usually tell right away. <laughs> but actually, Zach McGowan, mm-hmm. he had sort of a, he did a, a pretty good Cockney, sort of Cockney accent mm-hmm. in his character in Black Sails. Black Sails is a, a show about the pirates in um, the Bahamas in the, early seventh, in the early 18th century. And uh, he played one of the pirate captains, Charles Vane. All these characters in that that show were based on characters from Treasure Island. And it takes place in the universe of Treasure Island sometime before the actual book. Hmm. But, um, he did a very good, very convincing British accent. I thought he was actually British. Like most of the cast are British and Australian. Yeah. I thought he was British, but no, he's from, he's from like Brooklyn or something. I saw him <laughs> in an interview and he's got a very distinct, you can tell he's from, he's from New York. I mean, that didn't really come through in this, but you could definitely tell he was American. Yeah, no, he is. And if it's like with, um, we've seen the evolution of, of uh, uh, Andrew Lincoln's Southern accent. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that today in the, or yesterday in the um, bookend kind of segments where he was having that conversation in that dark room. Um, there was a lot of focusing on him and specifically his voice and the way he was talking because mm-hmm. there was nothing else going on. Right. Um, and it was really cool to think of, Remember the guy that in the first season totally sounded like he was doing a fake Southern accent and we all still make the choral joke, even though the guy's not on the show anymore, just because of how like laughably, not laughably, that's, that's understood. That? Andrew Lincoln. I was just saying like, you, you oh, could definitely oh, yeah, yeah, pull yeah. out a yeah. lot more in the first season. Yes. Even though he's a great actor and he did a pretty solid accent from the beginning, you could definitely pick out. Well, yeah, there were moments when it was like, that's fake. Yeah. Um, but he's Jordan, gotten a lot better at it. Oh yeah, mean, no. makes sense. You know, after eight nine years of doing it, of course right? he's going to be better at it. But still, it's oh, yeah. it's cool. And in the one who really has never really got it right is uh, Lauren Cohan. Yeah, because <laughs> I think while well, Lauren Cohan was born in New York, she was raised in England, which is ironic because like Andrew Lincoln was born and raised in England and lived there most of his life, I presume. Yeah. Whereas Lauren Cohen just lived there for a handful of reformative years and then came back, but yeah. she can't shake the accent and he can't. It's not as pronounced when she speaks, but you can definitely tell. You can definitely tell that she's got some British linguistic tradition there in her, the way yeah. she elocutes. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like uh, Mel Gibson. Uh, everyone always uh, associates him with being Australian because he used to have a very pronounced Australian accent, but he's actually from New York as well. Yeah. Now it now it's gone. He's been back over here for so long. He doesn't speak with it anymore. But if you watch his interviews back during the Mad Max days, definitely 
he had yeah. an Australian accent. I knew people that actually literally thought he was Australian. Yeah, no, I, I did too. no idea. You know, I did crazy. too. He's from Peekskill, New York. Yeah. His father moved the family there because he was out of work and he got a job in Australia. Hmm. Interesting. So that, that's where yeah. Mel Gibson was raised. Very cool. Not, you know, not the ramble or anything. <clears throat> no, I mean, not that we're kings of doing that anyway. <laughs> not at all. Not at no. all. So did you see Roy Harper gain a lot of weight there? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. Yes. yes. Notice that. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, going back to what you're saying, though, yeah. I, I really love how this show is really in keeping with the message of the show this season of rebirth and starting over and the positivity they're trying to imbue the community with. It mm-hmm. really is coming through, I feel, in the show itself. Like, yeah. Yep. I was really worried what they were going to do going mm-hmm. forward. Oh, yeah. Um, especially with the knowledge that we're potentially losing forever, Andy Lincoln and Lauren Cohen. We're not um, potentially losing them. Well, I, I said losing forever because there has well, been r- yeah, rumors sure. that maybe they're going to split away somehow in some sort of way that they can come back in the future. Mm, that would be a good idea. Yeah, it would be a neat idea instead of just, you know, occasionally bringing them back in flashbacks, you know, to actually have their opportunity to bring them back someday, you know, a year or two down the road. Maybe when um, Andrew Lincoln goes out there and finds (laughs) out he's been typecast, can't (laughs) find work. Like Michael Shanks in Stargate SG-1, he left the show. They killed him off. Yeah. And then they brought him back after like two seasons or a season because really, I guess he found out that work – for typecast Daniel Jackson was far less abundant than he thought it would be. Yeah. By the way, did you notice that Roy Harper gained some weight? I did. Yeah. Yes, I noticed it and I pointed it out to you. Like You did, that's right. Now. <laughs> that's right. I didn't I didn't I forgot about that somehow. Yes. Well I, I was just sitting there thinking, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm not to ramble, of course. <laughs> the whole League of Assassins thing, I'm over it. And uh, yeah, but I realized that was just a vehicle for Willa Holland to exit the show. Yeah. So, much. which I mean, it was a good way for her to go, you know, yeah. maybe she'll end up on uh, The Walking Dead. Who knows? Maybe. I'd be happy wherever she ends up. Maybe she'll be lunch. Yes. She, of course, wouldn't make much of a meal. She's like, what, 90 <laughs> pounds soaking wet? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, not to ramble. Uh, so... We've got a, you know, again, I mentioned uh, I like the fact that they're beginning to, it looks like they're beginning to introduce the next adversary, albeit mm-hmm. with a deft hand, but we'll, of course, get more into that in our main episode, True. what I thought about that. But anyway, on to the talking points. These are the way we used to do before is I would pose some questions and then I, it's sort of like an interview either with myself. <laughs> I either interview myself if I'm doing it by myself or I interview Gary. Yeah. Gary has questions he can interview. Or whoever he can force to listen to him at the time. Exactly, exactly, which is getting us, which is an increasingly smaller group of people (laughs) since we tend to ramble. Yeah. (laughs) We do that. Yes, we we do. You get a a ramble warning, a ramble advisory at the beginning. Tangents may happen. You know what would be really funny? What? If if we had like a random, um, like the red alert, sound from star trek <laughs> yes. it'd just be like tangent alert tangent alert and yes. like we just put that in every time we had a tangent i, I mean, could but that would be more like, work that would be more works episode too yeah <laughs> that would be more work and i'm not gonna do it sorry <laughs> but it's a hilarious idea 
it is it is that'll never come to life anyway <laughs> um although you should do it on your uh when you when you do your special edition episodes you could throw that i might actually work on making that because i was just thinking i'm like whenever i do edit one like that'd be a funny thing to do but anyways well i used to do like i used to do a, like erwin when erwin and josh had the podcast whenever they would do a spoiler he would do like a spoiler alert spoiler alert yeah and he would do a he would he would uh, say if you don't want to listen to this adventure thing to whatever the counter on was a I, yeah, that was a neat idea. I used to do that and with the Walking Dead report, but I'm like, that's too much freaking work. Yeah, it's way too much work. But it's, it's difficult for me to do it. It's difficult for me to tell with my editing program where that is. So I just mm. I abandoned the function. Anyway, on to my questions here. One, I picked four. One, is Maggie reacting to the situation with Gregory in the sanctuary more out of anger or practicality? Hmm. <laughs> good. Um, is the question like what would you consider her reactions? I think they are a bit of both. I think I think with Gregory, clearly it was probably at least ninety percent I fucking hate you. Yeah. And ten percent I can't have this guy this guy is like Count Dooku, he's too dangerous to be left alive. Yeah. So And to me the um the constant trying to get uh everybody's opinion on whether or not they think she went overboard and the uh she mentioned things like it a couple times, I believe, in the episode, like with the conversation with Michonne towards the end, that uh he was given many chances. And yes. every time he wasted them. It it almost came off as her trying to justify her decision but yeah. at the same time she's not wrong you know what i mean like the guy was definitely a snake he was always yeah. causing problems in the background whether they knew it or not i think i think wrong or right would depend on what you're trying to do obviously i don't think michonne and rick think she was right but they're no. like they exactly. know her for a long time so they think there's larger considerations in that while they think she was heavy-handed and they are more in the mode of put somebody in jail like they've done with Negan. And and it, to, to be fair to Rick's point of view, he thinks that's actually a more severe penalty than killing him because he yeah. gets to watch as everything he wanted doesn't happen and he gets to rot. So in his mind, it's actually a more severe punishment and he's probably right. But to someone like Maggie, she's just like keeping him alive is letting him off. And in any case, with respect to the question, I think, yeah, she was angry about that but she's also realizing that she can't let that go for the reasons you stated that he's had plenty of chances mm -hmm. and it will undermine her credibility as a leader and it'll undermine her ability to do what she's trying to do with the hilltop i think it says a lot about her as a character though that she didn't just do it and um continue with that spirit and motivation she reflected on it and yeah. i think yeah. she realizes that yeah she was a little heavy-handed but he also deserved it so yeah and we know. can we can get more into this in our main episode but yeah for sure. i do like i do like jesus mm. attitude towards it me when too sean talks to him about it i think his attitude is very very pragmatic mm -hmm. and you know he doesn't agree with her either but he's also into the larger considerations of it exactly and and maggie as a leader so i thought that was very good yeah, me too. Uh, my second one is, uh, are Michonne and Rick 
in your opinion, so committed to their vision of the future that they are unwilling to consider any cautionary advice? Um, I think they're definitely more closed off than they should be. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're willing to listen, but whether or not they're willing to let that sway them is another thing. You know, yeah. um, I don't know. We haven't really seen any, <clears throat> sorry. Um, we haven't really seen any valid arguments brought up to them yet that have been able to sway them, but maybe that's just because, you know, like one of the other arguments is coming from Maggie's camp and they just saw her kill a guy basically because he attacked her. Yeah. Of course, there's a lot more into it than that, you know. Right, but, uh, of course. You know, I, I don't know. I think there's something, and, and they haven't mentioned it in there, but he really potentially hurt her child too because when he yeah. knocked her when she tried to fight off when Enid came to fight, he hit that stroller and the baby went flying out of it, rolled over on it and hit the ground. He could have really hurt the baby. And I yeah. think in a certain sense, they haven't mentioned it, but I can't imagine that doesn't factor into her pure rage at him. Look, you you know, it's one thing to try to kill me, but you you harm my child. What would you have done if you had killed me? Would you have hurt my baby? Oh, yeah. And the, he probably wouldn't have, but the bottom line, because he was, he was clearly not completely morally committed to it. He was just driven to it by his wife and uh, Gregory. Yeah, he okay. probably wouldn't have, yeah, and, and he was drunk. And he wouldn't have, I don't think he would have hurt the baby. No. If he would have killed her, he would have just probably left the baby there, which would have been pretty dangerous too. Mm-hmm. So I, I think at this point, they under, they're, they're trying to be understanding to people who don't agree with them, but at the same time, they're trying to set an example and use reason to convince people that they're right. Yeah. And I understand that and respect that, but I think that they're being a little bit Pollyannic about it. They are for sure. And um, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here and, you know, what other arguments are brought up against them and how they take it. But uh-huh. um, there is also something to the idea of, as a leader, you have to pick your battles and be steadfast in exactly. your decisions. Exactly. So, You're right. You know, I, I, I see both sides of it and I get where they're coming from, but I hope in the future, if someone comes to them with a legitimate concern, they actually listen to it. Yeah, I think I think particularly like Daryl, like what Daryl said to him, are we on the same side, Rick? I think that really, I think that kind of hurt Rick's feelings a little bit. It's yeah. kind of like a slap in the face because this is a guy he considers his brother and he really respects Daryl. And I think that had, a, I think that had an effect on how he reacted towards Justin at the end. So, sure. um, number three is Daryl's heavy handedness towards the saviors ultimately making things worse. Yeah. I would agree. I think it's ultimately making <laughs> things worse, but yeah. But as I'll explain in the main episode and your point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's basically where I'm at with it. Like it's definitely not helping, but at the same time, like well, yeah. deserve it. <laughs> they but they aren't either. Yeah. Um although, you know, now that we're talking about it, we'll talk about it of course in the yeah. full episode. But uh it's kind of a shame going back to the last discussion point with uh with Michonne and uh, Rick not really being willing to take other people's points into consideration. The two main sources of dissension right now are Rick and Maggie, and they both had big reason within Rick and Michonne's yes. eyes to look unhinged. I will definitely which doesn't get help that. their points. I will definitely yeah. get into that in the main episode. But mm-hmm. all right, my final talking point is 
is Maggie correct when she says some people can't be redeemed? I think she's using that to justify her decision with Gregory. Uh-huh. But that doesn't necessarily mean she was wrong. Like, I don't see Gregory ever becoming a happy, fully into it, hardworking member of their society, you no. know? No. So, I, I think she's absolutely correct. Some people just can't. For example, the governor. Mm. Did we really believe that the governor could have changed his point? No, because he no. thought he was right. Yeah. He thought he was right and that the ends justify the means. Uh, Negan, is he redeemable? I can't possibly imagine a universe in which he is. Especially with that last line. Yeah. I can't <laughs> possibly imagine a universe in which he is. Mm-hmm. And same thing with Gregory. Gregory was a sleazy politician and he tried to have a woman killed and he didn't even, I mean, he tried to do it himself. As I'm remembering now the source story, I don't believe there was any attack on her from someone else that it was always just Gregory did it in their private, tried to do it in their private meeting. Yeah. If ever I recall, Jesus happened to be going, walking by and heard it and rushed in and helped. And so uh, then Gregory tried to play it off like she attacked him. <laughs> yeah. But as I mentioned, he doesn't, she doesn't execute him in the, in the book. She just throws him in jail like Earl. So they kind of did both. But I think it's a more realistic reaction, hmm. given the additional thing that they did. And it, it, where they put Earl and they didn't kill Earl, but they executed yeah. Gregory. And, and because in the book, she doesn't have this... She doesn't have this attitude that she's more like completely in tune with Rick mm-hmm. on the whole, let's move towards a better future. She doesn't have the whole, I hate, I want to kill Negan and that's it. She's like, I understand and I agree with Rick, which is, I like the fact that they've completely changed that mm-hmm. in the, I think it is more realistic. I agree. Do. She's raising this boy by herself because her husband's head was bashed in in front of her. And these people were just completely, and then she had to hide. Mm. And then she did all this while she was pregnant. These people were just terrible people and they did terrible things. And I don't blame her at all. Me neither. So I think she's right. Some people can't be redeemed. All right, then. Well, that's our Talking Points episode for this week. We will be back later in the week with our full recap. Remember to leave your comments and feedback by emailing us at twdpodcast at gmail.com or by posting a comment on our Facebook page. And you can also give us a call at our voicemail line at 561-501-1483, where Gary promises to keep the rambling to a minimum. Mm, I don't know about Yeah, that. so, Gary, did you notice that Roy Harper gained weight? I've heard that. I've heard that, too. I wonder where all I right. heard that from. Well, we'll see you all for the full episode later in the week. Take care.